Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hi, I'm Victoria Reese, partner at Hydric and Struggles and the global managing partner of the Corporate Officers Practice. In this podcast, I'm talking to Scott Stengel, General Counsel at Ally Financial. Ally Financial provides services including car finance, online banking, corporate lending, vehicle insurance, mortgage loans, and electronic trading. Scott has been with Ally Financial since 2016 and oversees all of Ally's legal affairs. He's also responsible for Ally's corporate secretarial and government relations functions. Scott, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Victoria. We continue to see general counsels take greater ownership in the enterprise and be strategic partners. Can you share your experience navigating this shift? Sure, and most certainly agree with the observation. And crucial, I think, to consider it from the perspective of CEOs and boards of directors. What are they experiencing this prompting this? First, I think the pace and complexity of change in our societies. It's being matched by the pace and complexity of change in the law. And these changes so often have material impacts on our business, financial, and operational plans. An extraordinary example is the vaccine testing and mask mandates that have varied even by locality. But pick an industry, financials, energy, industrials, technology. In the day-to-day, we'll find the law complicating more than it's simplifying. Second, I think we're living through extreme whipsaws in the law. Regulations adopted in this administration seldomly survive the next one. And then a new administration's regulations are almost instantly subject to litigation. How can companies strategically plan and execute in this environment? And perhaps third, the consequences of violating the law have become more draconian for organizations and now as much as ever individuals too. But business is all about taking risks, not only economic ones, but also judgments about how to comply with laws that are rarely clear. It's hardly surprising, I think, that CEOs and boards want more from their GCs. And from that vantage point, it's all just a valuable reminder that we're not being asked to solve legal problems. We're being asked to help in achieving strategic objectives. Not many CEOs and directors, I expect, are keenly interested in some exposition on the inner workings of ERISA. Instead, they're interested in how compensation and benefit plans can be improved to attract and retain talent. We can nerd out on the law among ourselves, but for our companies, we need to demystify it. Scott, general counsels have to be extremely adaptable. Specifically, over the past two years, your role has grown more and more complex given COVID, renewed calls for racial and social justice around the world, and the anticipation of increased regulatory scrutiny in many industries. A legal team needs to have expertise on so many matters and be constantly learning. How do you decide what expertise you need to have yourself and in your team versus the expertise you can rely on fellow business partners for? What advice would you give to the other general counsels in this area? You've answered it, I think, in the reference to adaptability. If I've built and nurtured deep and authentic bonds with my peers throughout the organization, if I've thought about their priorities as my own, If I've truly listened rather than just heard them, 
nearly always, I think I have the right team assembled. In my experience, though, expertise is less central than character. Are the folks on our team obsessed with doing the right thing for customers? Are they resilient, intellectually curious, entrepreneurial, accountable, selfless? On our team, sometimes we'll even go so far as to say heroic. I'm the GC of a publicly traded financial services company. So, of course, I need lawyers who are strong in securities, banking, and such. But for my peers at Ally and for me, these other traits are the difference makers. I can lean on outside counsel for expertise, but not for these. And when compliments come our way from counterparts in the business, these are what they call out. Diversity and inclusion is a core value for Ally Finance. Your CEO, Jeffrey Brown, was among the first 150 of more than 2,000 CEOs to be part of the CEO Action for Diversity and Inclusion Pledge. What are your plans as general counsel to help further Ally's progress on DE&I? JB, our CEO, he's a firm believer that if you hire the right people, the right results will follow. On DE&I, our legal and government relations team have without question proven that true to me. So I'll touch on just a few highlights if that's okay, but this is on their behalf rather than only my own. So calls for racial and social justice are nothing new. The volume being turned up on them, also not new, nor is that volume eventually being tuned out. During these last couple of years, we've been focused on sustainable action, on retaining momentum. So we created a formal social justice council but then our team to ensure that we have the framework in place to continue pushing for progress. Council has three pillars. The first, it's called see, support, educate, and engage. And here we're focused on one another, listening, understanding, supporting, all authentically in hard conversations. We know we have different perspectives, we have different experiences, and we certainly don't always agree. But we're leveraging our differences to grow closer, not farther apart. Second pillar is pro bono. Here we're hoping to attend to the marginalized in our communities, those without a voice, those whose voices are drowned out. Here we're leaning on our law firms for partnership. COVID has slowed us down a little, but I continue to just be thrilled about where we're heading. We refer to the third pillar as investing in the next generation. Here we're collaborating with the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation and have a whole lot of gratitude to them sponsor four ally legal scholars who will begin law school in the fall of 22, up to $20,000 for each of them each year based on need. We're also sponsoring two ally public policy scholars who will begin their junior or senior years in college in the fall of 22, up to $10,000 each for the year. But these are just our first cohorts. We'll add four more ally legal scholars and two more ally public policy scholars in the fall of 23 and so on from there. And just as important, in addition to the money, we have mentors from our legal and government relations team assigned to each one of them. All in all, between those leading the program for us, reviewing applications, selecting the scholars, and mentoring them, nearly everyone on the team is involved. And I just couldn't be more proud of them. This is all very intentional, it seems, at Ally, on focusing on an inclusive culture. As your website states, doing culture right from the inside out. How are you driving an inclusive culture within your team and the broader organization, particularly in a hybrid working environment? Are there any specific tactics to create inclusive cultures that are working? Anything specific to the legal function compared to the broader organization? So across Ally, our focus has been on meeting everyone where they are. 
creating environments that encourage each individual to bring their whole person to work, whether it's in the office or on Zoom. Communicating transparently, creating room for candid feedback, these have been key. We've also been mindful of consciously talking about our desire to be together. In between COVID waves, I traveled to DC quite a lot. And during a recent visit, I ended up sharing meals with friends on the left side of the political spectrum and other friends on the right. I asked all of them, do you want to live with one another? Do you want to be in community with one another? To share neighborhoods with one another? We have differences all across Ally, but we have no differences in wanting to be together and passionately take care of our customers. In legal and government relations specifically, I think we've also been served well by our attention to self-awareness and gratitude, both of them so important. Lawyers more than anyone bristle at even constructive criticism, but I've asked that if all that's done is I praise you, what I've communicated is that your weaknesses are so debilitating that we need to shove them in a drawer and never speak of them. There's no human dignity, I think, in that kind of approach. I am my strengths and my weaknesses, my successes and my failings, my proud moments and my less than proud ones. This is my whole person. I think when we form habits to talk authentically about the whole person, no reason should exist to question whether that's the person who we want with us to be included with us. And even more that this is the person whom we're grateful to have with us. One final question. Looking ahead, which specific leadership skill sets and capabilities will be most important for your company to meet its strategic goals? I suspect that our team, with a little jest, might expect me to say that communicating in plain English with some attention to grammar should be the priority. In truth, I'd emphasize judgment, particularly, I think, in holding ourselves in some kind of equipoise among competing interests. So what does that look like? So do we slow down enough to think strategically, but still act with enough velocity to disrupt the competition? Are we passionate about being owners, enthusiastically pursuing our business objectives, still dispassionate in our professional skepticism, especially as lawyers, and disciplined in playing the long game? Do we innovate for the future, but still remain sufficiently stable to manage through the present? Do we strive for essentialism and keep our eye on what will move the needle? yet continue to heed the voice of even a single customer? Do we press and hold each other accountable for driving outcomes, but still demonstrate empathy in picking each other up when we inevitably fall down? How we exercise judgment across these dimensions, I think, will dictate how well we'll create value for Ally and everyone who depends on us. Scott, always a pleasure. Thank you for making the time to speak with us today. Lots of great lessons here. Thank you, Victoria, for taking time for me and doing everything that you do to make our profession so much better. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.